Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Pastor Brett's message from Luke. The kicker for this whole passage in my mind is the Pharisees ask this question, wow, why does he hang out with these sinners? They ask this question as if they're not sinners themselves. Did you notice that? They sit up from on high and look down upon the people and say, well, look at these nasty sinners down here hanging out with Jesus. Ugh. They're in the same boat. <laughs> Different sin, same boat. And so church, we must remember that Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We must remember that all sin, all of it, whether it's your sin or someone else's sin, whether it's sin that you can see or sin that we can't see that you're doing, all sin is offensive to God. It's repulsive to Him because He's holy, perfect, and just. Therefore, all people need the gospel. Unbelievers need the gospel just as much as you and I need the gospel today. Do you believe that? If we believe that, then we will be a people that not only repent and believe and turn for salvation, but we as Christians, we live in sanctification. And every day we ought to be on our knees repenting of the sin that we've committed today and believing that the gospel is what truly maintains our justified status before God and that there's nothing that you or I can do to make ourselves more worthy to God. Jesus paid it all. But every day, I need to remember that truth because I wake up and feel like I'm not qualified to stand on a stage and talk to you people about anything from the Bible. My week was terrible. That's the truth. But yet I believe that it's not because of in my flesh, I have nothing to offer you. In and of myself, I have nothing to offer you people. In the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, is the only thing I have to offer you. Brett is not what you need. Jesus and the Gospel is what you need. And by the grace of God, a broken vessel gets to pour out the gospel to some broken vessels. And by the grace of God, he makes those things into amazing, amazing treasures. And so I'm not up here as an arrived person. I'm up here as a very messy person, but there's a good news. So if you are here this morning and you're wondering, wow, how do I get this good news? It all starts with acknowledging who you are. We acknowledge that you have sinned against the perfect God. You are a sinner, just like me. You acknowledge that you have sinned against a perfect God. You believe that what Jesus did on the cross pays for your sin, covers it. He was our substitute. He died in our place for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And that if you will turn and trust in Jesus today, you can have a new life. You can actually have hope. You can actually have a life that's worth living. But that life you're going to live with Christ now is not going to be perfect. It's not going to be easy. In fact, it's probably going to be really hard. But the The reward is eternal life. The reward is a relationship with the creator of this universe that you can connect to every moment of every day the rest of your life and have eternal security knowing where you're going when you breathe your last. So if you have not done that, that's the most important thing. Your only step this morning if you are not following Jesus, your only application step is to admit, repent, believe, turn and trust Jesus. I would love to talk to you after the service if you have questions about that. How do I do that? Pastor Mike will be here. One of our elders will be here. That's what we want to help you learn to do this morning. We want to walk with you in that. So Jesus and his disciples are hanging out with some rough people. The Pharisees are criticizing them and giving them the religious arrogance of of why you're hanging out with these people. 
And now we get to one of the most important parts of this verse. It's all inspired. But now we hear Jesus' response. Jesus, in verse 31, he says, Those who are well have no need of a, phys- of a physician, but those who are sick. Let's just start with that first sentence and talk about that for a second. See, Jesus was making zero excuses for the reality that he was making himself available and putting himself in proximity to unbelievers. He's like, look, I'm not here for the well. The well are well. The sick need somebody. I'm here for them. He made no excuses about that. His public ministry only lasted three years. And Jesus lived his life with a very righteous, kingdom-centered urgency. Can the same be said of you? Do you live your life as a new believer now with a righteous, kingdom-focused urgency? It's not about you. It's not about your life. It's about our life being used for the kingdom for those who don't know him. Because we learn in the Bible that our life is but a vapor and a mist, and it's over. In a second, it'll be over. And then eternity begins, and eternity never ends. And so our life is so short, so gone. And then eternity. But what we do and how we deal with Jesus here is what determines our eternal destiny. And interesting, church, we've been saved and left down here wonder why. We've been left down here because there's a lot of people yet that still haven't heard the message. We heard some from missionaries that talk about unreached people groups. They were even talking about an unengaged people group, meaning there's, they're not just unreached and no one's ever gone there, but there's people that have never even heard or ever even tried to go there. Church, we have unreached people in our neighborhoods today here in Urbandale as well, right? Urbandale, Des Moines, Iowa, U.S., the world, there's unbelievers everywhere. So, Does your lifestyle reflect the same urgency that Christ's life reflected? Imagine this. Imagine you have cancer. You go in, there's only one treatment center in the entire world that has this cure for your type of cancer. It's a very common type of cancer. You go there, you get that cure. You're fixed, you're healed. You're ecstatic. Your family is rejoicing and crying and celebrating that you have found life. And then you learn that there's actually millions and millions of people that have the same cancer you do but they have no idea that this treatment center exists. And so what do you do? You say, I'm going to go tell people about this treatment center. They got to know that the only solution to what they've got is where I just found it. So you go to these hospitals all over the world, but when you get there, you get nervous because you don't know what to say. You get nervous because you don't want to be rejected. You don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable or for whatever reason. You get there and you end up talking to all the people who are actually well. You end up talking to the doctors and the nurses and the assistants and you, you end up hanging out the vending machine. And you don't tell the cancer patients that are in the room right next door who are dying that you just got saved from this terrible cancer from a certain treatment center across the country. It's no different, church, than us living our life as redeemed people who are survivors of the sin curse thanks to the gospel of Jesus if we don't go out and tell people that there's a place to go find hope. It's one beggar trying to tell another beggar where to find bread. Are you like this? Is there availability and proximity in your life? Are we willing to go to the places that need Jesus? The second part of Jesus' response in verse 32, he says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. He used the word repentance. So Jesus did not come to this earth to congratulate or coddle the righteous. He just didn't. He came to seek and save the lost, like it says in Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. See, Jesus was on a mission, and he was not going to be deterred. 
He was sent by the Father with a very specific plan, and he was going to be obedient to the Father no matter the cost. And we know what the cost was, don't we? We've celebrated him rising from being crucified. He was obedient even to the point of death on a cross, the Bible says. And so truth point number four is this. Faithful disciples must be willing to engage unbelievers, which requires awareness and availability. Jesus was invited to the party. He accepted the invitation. He made himself available. Surely Jesus of all people could have had other things on his calendar, right? Every day, every moment, there was always another crowd wanting something from Jesus, right? Do you think he could have been doing something else? Absolutely. He could have said, look guys, I got to go heal 400,000 more people. Would you just go have your party some other time? He didn't do that. He showed up to that party. He hung out with those sinners and he informed religious people that it's actually okay to do so. And so our argument a lot of times is, well, I'm not available. I'm not, a, I'm not even aware. And the reason why is I'm just too busy. I'm too tired. I don't have enough knowledge. I don't know what the answers would be. I don't know how to engage. And on and on and on, we make our excuses, church. And that's really what they are, myself included. We make excuses and then we feel better like we haven't done anything because, well, we can't. And the reality is that Jesus never made excuses. He has empowered you with the Spirit. And the Spirit will empower you and give you discernment and wisdom and all the things that you need to say and do and act in the moment that you need them because that's why he was given. He's called the helper. And notice how Jesus spent his time. He poured his life into 12 men. He spent the rest of his time preaching the gospel, healing people, reaching the lost. And I want you to notice that as you read through the gospels, we see that Jesus' life reflected his mission. Does your life reflect the mission that you've been sent on by Jesus, by your king? We say he's our Lord. But does he call the shots? And I know we're all still working in that, and I know I am as well. But does he call the shots in your life today? Okay, lastly, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to wrap up. So do you know what happens, church? Do you know what happens when we, um, when we begin to live a lifestyle that doesn't reflect the mission of Jesus? Do you know what happens? Well, we, we end up living in a little Christian bubble. You check out this slide. Look at this. Look how pretty that is. Isn't that cute? Now, what we got here is, you know, inside here, we've probably got your church, you've got your Christian school, you've got your Christian neighbors, you've got your Christian family, you've got your Christian small group, you've got your Christian everything, and all that's good stuff. We need to fellowship with believers. Don't hear me say don't hang out with each other. We need, to, we need each other, okay? However, if this is all that we pack into our life, if this is all we make time for, if this is all of our availability goes into this one bubble then we don't have any time or space to get outside of that bubble. What ends up happening is we begin to isolate ourselves from the world. If our calendar is completely filled up every week with church stuff, Christian things, good things, good things. But if they're all filled up by Christian things, this begins to look like our life. There's no room for one. There's no room for an unbeliever to get in there. And there's no room really for us to get outside of there. We're stuck in the bubble. How many of you heard of the Christian bubble? Okay, My fear, church, is that if we are not intentional, that we will end up living in this little intentional, beautiful little world, isolated from the rest of the world. Now, it's pretty to look at. Not real practical in terms of being on mission, is it? Pretty isolated. So, does your schedule, does your time, do your resources reflect the mission that you've been sent on by Jesus? Do you make it a priority to even pray for unbelievers? 
Do you make it a priority to engage with the lost or share the gospel and have meals? It's very simple examples. Go for walks with people. Be out. Be available. Be in proximity. One of the ways that we tried to do this and learned to do this in Utah was we would simply sit outside in our front yard. We had neighbors in a town homes, and we all had the same parking lot that kind of led to our front doors. And so one way that we tried to be more available was simply instead of playing in the backyard, we played in the front yard. Very simple. We had set lawn chairs out in the front yard. We let our kids run around the grass. I guess we only had Jonathan at that point. So we let our kid run around in the front yard. And what would happen is our, our neighbors would come by, and we'd already be sitting in our front yard. And we'd say, hey, what's going on? We'd strike up a conversation. And we did that for a long time. And long story short, we were able to share the gospel with both of our neighbors. Now, they didn't become believers. They're actually still in a different faith system. But the point is we were available, we were aware, we were intentional, and we were faithful to do what we could in that moment. All of you can do the same. You have workplaces, you have homes, you have yards, you have kids, you have all these ways that God has already sovereignly placed in your life. I'm not asking you to do more stuff. In the stuff you're already doing, do that with gospel intentionality. If you're a coach on a baseball team, be intentional with the other kids on the team that don't know Jesus. If you are a mom who stays home, you've got kids, go for walks in the community, find other groups of moms who have kids and get to know them. Be in relationship with those who need Jesus. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.